Hello, my friends. This is life coach Mike Chargman, and welcome to an episode of Mike's Search for Meaning. I'm after some big questions. Why are we here? What makes a fulfilling life? How can we grow individually and collectively? Each episode, I'll dive deep with leaders who are doing great work in the world and see how they organize their life. Books read, value systems, resources used, and stories that show how each of you can create the life and the world of your dreams. On this episode of Mike's Search for Meaning, my guest is me. This is part two of a conversation with Nick Shrewsbury. In part one, I interviewed Nick, and in part two, I had the absolute pleasure of exploring a little bit about my journey, how I got into coaching, and for most of the duration of the conversation, we explore what is our truest self and what gets in the way of that. And you can have entire, there are entire books written about this. There are entire podcasts about this. And we had a beautiful exploration of those things in my life, both in the past and today. And in particular, I've been feeling really called to working with people who want to live more from their heart. And in particular, highly sensitive people and empaths. Our culture does not make it easy for people like this to thrive, and I feel really called to be supportive of that. It's been magical for me to open myself up to the truest version of myself, and I'll keep my preamble short. Let's settle in, take a deep breath, and enjoy this conversation between me and Nick Shrewsbury. So, Mike... I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad to be. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, glad to be with you as well, Nick. Yeah. And I'm glad to be switching the tables a little bit and interviewing you today and getting a little bit of flavor of who you are and what's alive for you right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, go I'll, I'll go the two minutes or less version of this. Who I am. Well, that, that's one that I continue to explore, and it's something that the deeper I go, the it's almost like the more aware of who I am and also the less aware slash attached to who I am. So there's there's lots of ways to answer this, but what's most alive for me, I think, is is really where I think I can get to the heart of who I am and, and what is calling me most these days is I am really drawn to how can we be fully authentically ourselves? Hmm. What's getting in the way of that for us? And I'll, I'll say me, instead of us, I'll just focus on me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I blocked up in being fully me? Who do I really mm-hmm. want to be? And how can I deepen that awareness and make that some sort of expression of how I move through the world, whether that's in my relationships, in mm-hmm. my business, in just doing things for fun like what are how can i bring this into every single area of my life and by way of doing that maybe rub off on the other people in my life and show them that if they're like me like you don't have to live life in this boxed in way or living up to the expectations of family or society and another thing that's alive for me there is 
when I initially had the realization that something was off for me, like I, I was really hard on myself a lot of times. And sometimes even still today, I am around like, man, why didn't I figure this shit out sooner? Like, mm-hmm. it's it feels like I wasted so much time. And I would invite people that are listening to this to just be patient with yourself. And I'm certainly constantly reminding myself of that. So that that's really what's most alive for me. And it's a circuitous way of getting to who I am. But I, I trust that the rest of this conversation, you'll get yeah, to we'll experience get more of who I am anyway. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And what I, I mean, like, I, if I, I can't think of a more encapsulation of a, you know, the human journey mm-hmm. than that. So how can I be deeply real? How can I be truly myself? And what does that even mean? Yes. And how can I live a fulfilling life? I'm curious if you could put us on the map of where you are right now a little bit. And what I mean specifically is like, why is this alive for you? What's the story that brought you to like living this question right now? Mm. Well, I could say that what initially brought me into the place of questioning this at all was pain. I think that's a lot of people's on-ramp into the journey of self-discovery. I, I wish it started with a big vision for how amazing <laughs> life could be, but it was, it was the opposite. It was pain. So one of the ways that I was in a lot of pain was the way that I was showing up in work. Like there was a realization at a certain point in my career that I was doing everything that I thought would bring me the fulfillment in my life. And I looked one year, two years, five years, 10 years into the future. And it was like, wow, what I cannot imagine doing this for the rest of my life. And I have no idea what else I would do from here. Like, I'm, it feels like I'm so pot committed. And I don't have a lot of skills to maneuver in a way like I, I was one of those people who said, like, I have passions, but like, what would I do with that? And I think that that's really common. So I kind of just kept hiding from that and said, you know what, I'll figure that out another time. You know, like I, I, I'm not ready to explore that, which is where I bring in that gentle reminder to be patient because I really truly was not ready at that point. At a certain point further beyond that, I had started to work out consistently again, which was something very near and dear to me from my childhood, like a big athlete, loved playing sports. That always felt like one of the places where I was truly authentically me on a field playing sports, not in some sort of social mirroring. And like that person's not saying what they really mean. I'm not saying what I really mean, like sports, there's, there's not a lot of room for that. And I, I started to tap back into that. And I started to eat healthier, if only from an egoic, like I want to look good. But as a byproduct of that, I started to feel more in touch with my body. Wouldn't have languaged it like that at the time, but there was something opening up for me. Like I, I just was showing up differently from the way that I was interacting with what I ate and uh, I was challenging myself and I was following through and it was like, all right, I'm ready to tackle this big question now. Like what, what can I do with my life that I would find more rewarding? And so I hired a life coach and yeah, we, I actually started to look at those things that were really terrifying for me. And instead of questioning, is this realistic? It was what's one or two steps I could take in that direction. 
to start making it happen. Not, not worry about the outcome, but because it's intrinsically rewarding for me, let me just move towards that. Mm-hmm. And that was probably three years ago now. And once I have opened myself up to that, then there's all sorts of different. So how I arrived today and how that's most alive for me is when I opened myself up to that big question, I started to join different communities where this was being explored. And like one of them was my health coach certification from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I realized I'm not on my own island here. There's lots of other people in the world who care about what I care about and who are going through what I'm going through. And oh, guess what? Like this question of what does it mean to be alive is like the most human question ever. And uh, I used to think that I was all alone in that. It looked like everyone else kind of had life figured out and that there was something wrong with me. And yeah, that that kind of brings me to where I am now. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about it is I woke up from kind of this deep sleep. And I think all mm. of us want that in, in some way or another. Mm. How powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious about the pain and the fear. Would it be okay to talk about that a little bit? Of course, man. Of course. Beautiful. Yeah. Then that's one of, can you tell me a little more about this, this, like, what was the flavor of the pain? Yeah, there was a lot of it, man. But I will, one of the stories about this was I, I grew up in like such a wonderful household where I, I was nourished and was told to explore what whatever I wanted to explore. And mm-hmm. so I then I turned the I pointed the finger at myself. It was like, wh- why are you in this pain in the first place? So mm-hmm. one element of the pain was that I tried to rationalize it in my head of like, dude, there's so much worse going on out there. That said, at the real heart of the question was, I, I had such a desire to show up a certain way. And this is something you and I have spoken a lot about, Nick, is I've always been sensitive, gentle, empathetic, whatever flavor you want to call it. But all those words to me usually overlap in in some way. And for the longest time, I'd been rejecting that part of myself. It just didn't line up with who I thought I should be, that dangerous word should, in the world. And I, it was, I thought... I'm an unattractive man to women. That's not what women want. That That's not what business people want. That's not, it doesn't make for a good leader. It's like all these things. I, I really blamed myself for being these things and tried to be the opposite in a way that was at least somewhat congruent. But, you know, I, I wasn't inauthentic completely, but I wanted to be the opposite of who I was in a lot of ways. And the pain there was, I wasn't showing it with my friends. I felt like I was, I didn't belong. And in work, it felt like I didn't belong. It was like all these things lined up so well out on the outside. And I have this like nice, even keeled demeanor, but inside it was like, (laughs) (laughs) on, on the inside, it was like, at times I was just a wreck. And yeah, there, there were times that I like fell for girls and my friends 
made you would make fun of me and like oh you see like this is what happens man like you put your heart out there that's just someone's gonna take it mm. from you oh, oh and uh yeah. there there are just so many different examples of ways that if i it felt like if i really tapped into who i am in my deepest core that that mm. was not the way that i wanted to be in the world and uh eventually that pain became so that it was like I can't ignore it anymore. Right? I'm not, I'm clearly not going to, it's, it's like what we talked about a little bit earlier around men who are like trying to figure out life in their heads and like are just constantly seeking that next achievement or that next external, that thing that's going to bring it to that full aliveness to them. And I, I think I just came to a realization that that pain wasn't going anywhere without me doing some work around that. Hmm. What a courageous choice. Mm. And I hear too in that, that there's this there's this aspect of like playing a role, maybe I could say, or like wearing a mask, which I certainly resonate with. Mm -hmm. um, or like feeling like some part isn't okay. And so I need to do all this extra work to show up in a certain way that's like, quote, right. Mm -hmm. And all the time, and, and like the blow that that deals to feeling like you belong anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I never feel like I belong anywhere because I'm always doing this work to hide who I am. Yeah. Such an exhausting thing. And, and definitely I resonate. And I also, oh my gosh, I see it so much in so many ways. And, and it's, it's a human thing, but there's, oh, it's really strong for men. And there's a particular flavor of it that you're, I think you're really getting at the core of. Yeah. Okay. So there was this, there was this decision like of like, I don't want to be in pain like this anymore. There must be more out there. There's a, there's a magic to life is what I'm hearing. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to start to find some resources and ways of shifting this. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like I, I heard you mentioned like terror earlier or like some fear in that pro what was it like when you started to lean into that, that process? Yeah. Well, as you ask this question, I, I'm reminded of like one of my first memories of being ready to take this out into the world instead of an internal, just an internal experience. Like, I think the first domino to fall on my personal development journey was I started to read a little bit more and I listened to podcasts a lot more. Like, that's why I'm so passionate about podcasts. <laughs> but one of the first choices that I made, or at least vocalized to people close to me, was that I wanted to maybe start an Instagram account and just post healthy food that I was eating, or it was something like that, like inspirational quotes. And mm -hmm. the initial response that I got was like, what are you going to possibly add to that already disgustingly overfilled <laughs> marketplace like it's so mm -hmm. oversaturated what it doesn't need another person to jump in <laughs> and start yeah. throwing more junk out there and mm -hmm. in the beginning that really I internalized that because that was that was one mm -hmm. of my fears right it's like this yeah. thing that I'm excited to share is being put down in some way it's like oh, this is why I lived in like so packed in all the time. It's because when I bring something exciting, then I'm opening myself to a, immense, even deeper pain. So mm -hmm. yeah, like that was, that was one of the first things that happened. And I don't even know how much that answered your question, but that just like popped in for me as you asked it. That's a, I think that's really powerful. I, I, 
there is, there's such an aspect of like fear of rejection. It is so strong. And and I I know it, but I, I see it so much in the men that I work with more than the women, honestly. I mean, like everybody has it, but there's this like, you know, if I open the door a tiny bit and I get even the tiniest hint that somebody might not, you know, might give a little bit of rejection, it's like the door slams shut. And that's a very valid experience, but I'm curious, t- tell me how you went about shifting that. Yeah. Or like, what so, was the journey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Cause that's, that's exactly where I wanted to go. So the, the next part from there was, I mean, that's, it was very oriented externally, right? I, mm-hmm. I was basing my entire choice around how other people would perceive it. And with the work that I did with my first coach, I mean, luckily I had the wherewithal to hire someone to, that I, to keep me on the path if it got discouraging along the way. And it ultimately came to a point where one, there's the accountability of, I said, you know what, I'm going to start a blog and I'm just, I committed to that with a coach that I paid a good amount of money for. So Mm -hmm. like there was that level of it. But what the, the real deep truth, I think, was I realized this is who I am. And if it doesn't resonate with people that are close to me, then I'm okay with that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, it just became like, this is so important to me. It's not about the external, like how many people will read this or how many people will like it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was even, <laughs> I had one friend, I reached out to all my friends right before I started the blog. and. One of my guards that I leaned on most of my life was sarcasm. I was just like fully sarcastic mm-hmm. and was the person that would make fun of someone who was like new agey and spiritual and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I told one of my friends I was going to start this blog or like I started posting inspirational quotes and he was like, That's, you're doing that like sarcastically, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, no, like these are, th- this is oh. part of, yeah, it's like, it, these matter to me and I want to, I want to share that. So the thing, I think what really helped me step into it initially was I wasn't doing it for anyone else. And I still Ooh. definitely cared about what other people thought. And mm-hmm. there were times where like I posted something and I saw that a person that I perceived as judgmental looked at it. And mm-hmm. I can like, I could still feel that sensation in my heart of like, Ooh, like what mm-hmm. is, what is that person thinking of me posting that? And at the end of the day, I was, I started to tap into m- what I wanted to express enough that I was able to work with that instead of hide from it. So what familiarizing myself with that, that, that pain that I'd been avoiding then became something that it was like a muscle that I could continue to build over time. So like the initial mm-hmm. posting something was a huge hurdle for me. And then after yeah, a little totally. bit of posting like 20 posts or something, maybe more than that, there was like, okay, like there's, there's probably what, what else can I do? Like, what's that next thing? And then, you know, like I'm fast forwarding a lot of steps, but then this, this fear can become a a compass of sorts where it's like, I know that Mm. this led me in the right direction with starting my blog, which then led to getting a certification as a coach, which led me to be a coach, which led me to do workshops. And like, I can now, Mm. when I Mm -hmm. feel this, like, kind of like, Ooh, like what's someone else going to think of this, that I can be curious about it instead of running away from it. And there's usually really valuable information there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I love this. There's uh, there's uh, I, there's something you're pointing to and, and speaking directly to that really strikes me. And it's this aspect of choosing what truly matters to you mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. There's this, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful antidote and really doorway into leading a meaningful life, right? It's like this, this fear of rejection. There's like this, like, there are these things that want to come out, you know, like come out and play It's like, could be big energy. It could be joy. It could be sensitivity. It could be like sensuality. There's so many things it could be, but there's this, there's this energy that, that wants to come through and we can spend all this time being like, ah, like, you know, what happens if, you know, like live in this land of the dead of fear of just like, always like, well, I could share it, but like, what if this happens, you know, or like play this huge analysis game with the universe of like, if I do this, then maybe this will happen. If I do this, maybe this, will, you know, instead of just being like, I know what is true for me. I have to, I, I, I want to live this, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I want to follow this. Yeah. This is what truly matters. It's like taking a stand and what is important in your life and, mm-hmm. and then living it. And then you start to experience the beauty of I feel like I'm living the life that I came here to live. I feel like I can die without regret, you know, like at the end of the day and not waiting for that to happen. I think it's a beautiful example what you're sharing. It's like turning on a light. You know, I think we can spend so much time in the fog of like, mm-hmm. well, what, you know, maybe if I go over there, maybe if I go over here, what might happen? But then it's just like, and then we can wrestle with this fog or we can just turn on the light that is me saying, I know what truly matters to me and I'm going to live into that even if it's in small steps, you pointed that too, is like, what's the step that, what's the step I can make right now? Mm-hmm. There's one and thing even I, wanna, few, yeah, I just yeah, wanted please. to add like one thing on this thread here, because on one hand, I, I mentioned like I would bring, I brought this into my circle and it was met with part ridicule, let's, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the things that actually really helped that I probably alluded to, but didn't directly name was having someone, at least one person, in this case, it was a coach that I could show up to and Mm -hmm. say, this is what is on my heart, my mind, this is what this is what I want to put out there. And for it to be received, like fully received and encouraged, even like more than received, it was deeply encouraged. And there was a way in which his the space that he held was a it was safe b i had the impression that he had been there so i saw the possibility of mm-hmm. what could be like i mm-hmm. i really started to and then as you know from doing your own personal development work we so we start to see we pay more attention to what we're already thinking about more like our our mm-hmm. thoughts tend to just generate more thoughts that are like yeah. that and then it became instead of like I'm all alone. It was like, oh my god! Like so many people that I look up to are are me. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. They're me. Like I I can see so much of myself in them, and they and they started where I started, and then it didn't feel so hard anymore. Mm, powerful. I love that. There's so much wisdom and ask like reaching out for support. Yeah, that's another piece. Is like, how can this journey be a little bit easier? How can this journey like be a little more fun? Uh-huh. How can this journey be a little faster? Maybe, uh-huh. you know, it's like, well, maybe you could connect with somebody who can support that. And also like bringing in the people that you love and yeah, there's magic. I'm also hearing that you built a different relationship to fear as like yes. that there, you came to see that 
when you're entering unfamiliar territory, fear is inevitable. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, And then it's sometimes a really good sign that you're onto something. It's, it is. And I could say one of the reasons that I tagged fear as something I didn't want to feel was that it was so present in like social interactions or all these different ways that I said I wanted to be in the world. Like I wanted to be smoother with women. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be more confident just talking to people, period. And I certainly wanted to be a more effective communicator at work where I just, I felt all sorts of blocked up and I blamed fear for all of those things. Mm. And yeah, what I guess what, what shifted that was I would allow myself to feel that fear and not beat myself up so much for it. Mm-hmm. And would you join, I, you know, I, I joined a couple of groups where that was, it was common and I didn't feel so alone and we all kind of just went through these nice progressions together and I have now familiarized myself enough with the different I don't tag necessarily emotions as good or bad anymore they're just it's just energy in the body that I on a good day I get to be really present to and and curious about instead of and there's still you know there's discomfort there and they're still uncomfortable at times but Sure. I don't, I used to avoid it at all costs, really. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, dating apps were like, they were, they were made for someone like me. I could avoid the, the feeling <laughs> of going up to someone. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like the, the digital world was really catered for someone w- with my personality to thrive more without having to face the discomfort of being a person. <laughs> yeah. What do you, I'm curious what, what comes up, like, as you say, is there anything else that's tied? like, I don't have an agenda behind this question, but I'm just curious yeah. what your experience like is saying that now that you've created this shift. This might not seem like an answer to your question, but it, it's what's popping up for me right now is in this moment, appreciating the, the beauty of what we do as coaches, because hmm. the, mm-hmm. the space for you, you just asking that question is something that <laughs> I don't know if many people get to experience saying something that's really them and then having someone receive it and say, like, could you like with that gentle curiosity, like, could you could you say a little bit more about that? Or like, that's so powerful. I'm, I'm really receiving what you said there and you reflecting it back. And yeah, there's just there's something about having someone there who is receiving what you're saying that allows everything to shift. And I think we all know that to like, it's encoded in us, it's deep within our DNA. Mm -hmm. But I used to, I still do, man, it's like, it's so deeply in there. But I used to make it like, if I was uncomfortable around someone, or didn't feel safe around someone, I, I just would blame myself for that, you know, like, just Mm -hmm. why can't, why can't you just show up confidently, like all these other people. So yeah, that, that question just, it evoked the, the beauty of the work that coaches, therapists, facilitators, anyone who creates space for people to transform or to be more of who they want to be. I'm just a, a really appreciating that in, in this moment. Mm, I love that. And, and it's so powerful and it's so simple too, oftentimes. Yeah. Like there's, there's skill certainly, but it's also, it's really simple. I think there's so many ways that we as human beings in this culture, we don't receive any really like oftentimes role models, but also like lesson or teaching around like, what is it to be in beautiful relationship? Mm -hmm. And 
And like, what is it to be deeply seen? Yeah. What is that? What does that mean? And how can that, how can like being deeply seen help you to transform, like help you to come to greater understandings of yourself and, and then being celebrated, how can it help you to lean into what is most important to you in your life? Because mm-hmm. we spend so much time trying to just like, you, like you were describing of like before this, like, like, oh, I got to put a mask on, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, what, what happens if you take the mask off? Yeah. What would, what would, might life be if you didn't have to invest all that energy into this armor that's so heavy all the time? Mm-hmm. And I think with that too, it's striking me too. This like you're describing. I, I do a lot. I I do a lot of relationship coaching. So like when you're talking about being smoother with women, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that was, was definitely a certain part of my own journey, and also like it's it's a really common thing. And there's can be so much energy invested into like, okay, I got to do all this work. I got to get my self esteem up. I got to get all these tools and techniques, you know. And like, I mean, we could have a whole podcast about like how, yeah. like. Uh, what is it like uh, um, pickup artistry? Mm-hmm. It's so counterproductive because it just tells men to put on more masks. Yes. You know, it's like, you now have to be the skillful one. Mm-hmm. You have to be the seductive one. You have to be the whatever. And then you play a game and then you're playing a game for the rest of that relationship because that's mm-hmm. what that person expects from you. You know, it's like, and that just is such a hit to your self-esteem really at the end of the day, because you're yes. still believing that you have to wear a mask, which is really different from like, what happens if you take this mask off? And you're, you're more real with people, even just starting with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like that is a way to build some radical confidence that is deep yeah. in the bones that you don't need to think about ever. Uh-huh. I mean, and the, the cruel irony of that is that if and when that does happen, then you might get the same result as like if you read all those pickup artist books and, and you start to, you might get the result, but it's exhausting. And what the irony is, is like, you drop all the armor and you're, you're able to be yourself. Like all those external things, just they come more easily anyway. Totally. Uh, it might not be exactly how you envisioned it would happen, but you, yeah. and, and another byproduct is like, maybe these things that you think you care about, you don't care about so much anymore. And totally. that, that frees up more energy as well. It's like, you, you could just clue into what actually matters to me. And like, why am I spending so much energy well this way (laughs) (laughs) when if i'm just myself it's like it makes me more attractive and more successful and more fill in the blank uh yeah even if successful in your in the in the real you is not how you pictured it would be when you were armored up and like chasing things all the time oh my gosh yeah and you can you have an opportunity to enjoy your life which is nice. (laughs) And yeah, it's like moths to the flame. You know, it's like somebody who's really real. It's rare. It's a rare and beautiful thing and people feel it. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, that's, that's another part of it too, right? It's like, then again, if you make it about the result or like appeasing other people, then that's exhausting. But what happens inevitably anyway, is people start to admire like, wow, like I th- what you're doing is really amazing and I'm really drawn to it. And so it, in a lot of ways, it, it's, it's messier in the beginning, but it gets us to that home that we want anyway. Yeah, it's so true. And there is, there's such a quiet desperation for, yeah. I, I think like when I'm thinking about 
the way that you spoke about like having sarcasm as yeah. like a as a mask maybe which i totally get mm-hmm. and then all people in your community also like having that same mask and when you first start to create something everybody's like i mean what are you even doing you know like that's <laughs> where are you going bud <laughs> <laughs> But then like you create it for a little while and people just quietly start reaching out. They're like, oh my God, I, uh-huh. uh, I think I might need this. You know, yes. it's like, there's such a, yeah. Anyway, there's an energy, yeah. there's a desire for it. Uh-huh. So I'm curious. Um, so we've talked a little bit about like where you've been. I'm curious, what is life for you right now? As mm. a coach, what are you here for? Well, the, I think the short answer, Nick, is that I want to help Whoever is in my orbit, whoever that feels called to reach out to me, if what I'm putting out there is touching you in any way, like I want to help you tap into that real you. Like that's that's ultimately hmm. where I'm feeling called to. That said, to put more specifics around it, I've really been feeling a lot more called to like we've named these qualities a little bit in our last conversation and in this conversation the whether it's someone who's quiet someone who's empathetic sensitive gentle someone who has a big heart but has not like is rejecting that in some way or rejecting those qualities i would love to have conversations with with people like that because i think it's such a fallacy that that people like that can't be leaders or aren't powerful or you know we we have all these different labels that we put on what what's supposed to be but i think that the most a lot of the best creators and entrepreneurs are are people who are living from their heart and and their spirit and if that evokes something in someone like those are the types of people that i feel most called to work with and i would love for as i continue to do this i I would love for that to grow into like I'm building communities around that. And there's all sorts of different, different expressions of how that could show up in my work. But like that type of person, I feel really called to serve these days. Mm. Powerful. I want to, I want to reflect this question that I asked earlier. What's your experience like, as you say that it's powerful hearing it. And I think it's such a, it's such a needed thing. There's a, a lightness that, that goes through me. And and even as before I start to, you know, like I gathered myself before I answered that question, because there's still a little bit of like, oh, I don't know, am I pigeonholing myself? There's like, I'm, I'm yeah. worried about <laughs> like, uh, what's the perception going to be or like, <laughs> but what about all those other people that could use my help? And at the end of the day, when I, anytime I say this, especially to someone like you, who's it speaks to and is receiving it, I there's a lightness that it's like, oh yes, this is definitely one of the expressions of my gifts and I, I want to keep serving in that way. So it just, yeah, it, it feels like a, every time I mention it, there's like a weight that gets lifted and uh, I, I feel just present, really present. Hmm. Yeah, I can see it. And, it. and it makes sense too. I think there's such a, I mean, need is a word. But yeah, I mean, I think that's what comes up for me is like, what, what could be more necessary mm-hmm. than people deeply living their truths? And especially those who feel deeply, mm-hmm. care deeply, you know, everybody has hearts, but that like, that really want to create a world 
that is full of magic and there's so much possibility for that mm-hmm. and and who sense the the that maybe maybe that could be real yeah um because those are the people who can bring that magic more and more into the world and oh it's so needed yeah and there's something there's like one more thing that i want to drop in at the end here because pain and fear have come up and there's something about i think empaths and and highly sensitive or even people who don't you know didn't test as highly sensitive people but just that word carries some resonance yeah one of the things as a result of feeling more is that we maybe experience pain and i'm really more and more i'm feeling that pain can really be one of the most powerful creative forces and i'm not mm-hmm. that's not to be dismissive of like there's some i've been blessed to not go through like serious traumatic events and i'm not saying that that should be something that would be leaned on for creative purposes but i think people who experience pain around like i don't know if i really like who i am in a in a less traumatic way and more just like i don't know i have trouble showing up to my life there's those can be the most creative and generative people there's like there's so much wisdom Mm. in in the pain that I think most of the best art gets created from from pain and mm-hmm. like comics usually generate from pain and I'm I'm sure actors and all sorts of people who are that's why the art that speaks to us the most is something that it evokes that in us right it evokes like sadness or there's like a deep truth there and yeah. that's not available if what we think we what we think we want is like just this blissful joy all the time, <laughs> or at least I can get buried in that sometimes. And it seems to be very common, but there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom in all the other like pain, especially there's a lot of wisdom in the man. When I open up about my social anxiety or the, my fear of public speaking, it, it becomes this invitation for other people to say, Oh, like I'm not, I'm not alone there. And there's not as much to be learned from the person who's like, you know, the, the varsity athlete who like picked up every girl easily and, uh, you know, like went to amazing school and got an amazing job. And like, that's great if that's what's fulfilling for that person. But uh, I think ultimately we identify more with, with pain. I want to make sure I'm with you. I'm here. Like there's that there is the thing that arises for me when you're saying this is like this idea of the sacred wound. Yeah, which is like a a young idea that we all, no matter who we are, no matter how awesome or not our parents are, we experience pain in this world. Like nothing can be perfect. Yes. And that that is actually a really essential and sacred thing that calls us into a relationship with life. Yes. And that there's, there can be real magic in that. It's in the way that like grief can be beautiful. Even as, even as it can be intense or terrible, yeah. terrible in the sense of like very big and, and, but it also, it has a beauty and a, a magic to it. that's all its own. Yes. And that having a relationship with that is leaning into a deeper relationship with life and with ourselves. And sometimes the issue is less the things that we're experiencing and, and more how we're, how we're interpreting it mm-hmm. and how we're making ourselves wrong in that process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. So I, I don't, I don't want to add anything to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and then care. And also that caring is part of that. Yes. 
that cutting ourselves off from caring isn't a solution to, to suffering and it may actually increase it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious now, I know we're kind of like coming to the end here. Is there anything that you, anything else you want to say? Are you feeling complete? I'll just bring in one more thing to this end regarding pain. A lot of the work that I have done in the past year has been opening myself up to like, I'm pretty convinced that all of us have uh, an inner six to 12 year old or even younger who was told like the way that you are isn't, isn't enough in, in some way. Like your way of being is if, if it's at all good, it, there's a way that it could be different. And a lot of the work that I've done is just being with that six-year-old in me and telling him like, you're good just the way you are, man. You don't need to be, you don't need to be more confident. You don't need to conduct a better podcast interview. Hmm. You don't need to be perfect with your wife. You, you just are, you're good the way that you are. And I'll say as a coach that allows me to be with someone else's pain and not react to their wound also. So that's to me where the real juice of the work is, is being with those, those parts of yourself that you didn't want to look at, or you spent a lot of your life not looking at and saying like, yeah, you're good. You're fine. Just the way you are. So I think that that's how I want to wrap up our conversation today. Yeah. What a beautiful way to end. Such a pleasure, Mike. Yes. Such a pleasure as well, Nick. It's, uh, it's remind again, it reminds me of the gift of like, I'm usually on your end of this, I'm interviewing people (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is fun. I I could see why the people I interview are like, Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. You just get to talk nonstop at somebody else. (laughs) About the things I care amazing. Like uh, the things I care the most about, it's amazing. And, uh, and it's the same as a coach, right? It's like, sometimes I, I get lost. I'm like, what am I really doing? Like, is this really that helpful? And, it's uh this was selfishly an amazing reminder of like of course it is Hmm. i love that yes it's people know where to find you so okay do we need that question (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you share this with with your network you can yeah uh, yeah yeah tell tell me so if if people want to connect with me in some way you can go to my website is mike trugman my name m-i-k-e-t-r-u-g-m-a-n.com i have my podcast Mike search for meaning. And uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn. That's just my name, Michael Trugman. And uh, I have an Instagram as well. But basically, my Instagram is just a vehicle to share what's up with my podcast. So (laughs) just go right to my podcast. I'll save you. (laughs) Those are the best places to connect with me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Mike's search for meaning. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share this episode with your friends, and leave a review. I look forward to seeing you next time, my friends. And until then, stay safe, stay well, and keep living with purpose. Peace.